Today's Old Testament reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9, and that can be found on page 742 of the Church's Bibles. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways, but when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We, are all, we all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. Our epistle reading is from the First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, and that can be found on page 1,128 of the Church's Bibles. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given in you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among us. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And today's gospel is from the book of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37, and that can be found on page 1006 of the Church's Bibles. And in respect to the gospel, please rise. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The day and the hour unknown. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, 
whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Here Now, before I quote the Apostle Paul uh, with a greeting to you, you know, um, I don't know what kind of a week you had, whether it was a good week or whether it was a hard week. I don't know. But regardless of that, circumstances notwithstanding, because circumstances don't dictate this truth that you have God's grace and you have his peace in our God, our Father, and in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We're going to look at the New Testament lesson for today from 1 Corinthians, and I just lift out again verses 4 and 5. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. You, who are our strength, our rock, our redeemer, our source of grace and peace. Amen. Well, have you started your preparations for Christmas yet? That pretty much gets to be the priority this time of year, doesn't it? You, you know it's coming, and, and you want to be ready. You want to have the house decorated, in some instances your yard uh, decorated. You want to have the, the Christmas cards all sent out. You, you want to have the presents all purchased and, and, and wrapped, and, and, uh, and you just the meals all planned out. It's because you know it, it's coming. You want to be ready for it. Yeah. Well, Christmas is going to be a little bit different for us uh, this year. Uh, typically, this would be what we would call in our family a Minnesota Christmas. Those happen every other year. Because you see, every other year, Marty and Amanda and our four grandchildren from Arizona, they come to Minnesota to celebrate Christmas. The odd years, they go to Colorado to be with Amanda's family and celebrate Christmas. That's one of the things having married kids teaches you how to share, right? Yeah. Well, they were in Colorado last Christmas. So that means this is a Minnesota Christmas this year. Except they're not coming to Minnesota for Christmas this year. Instead, Minnesota is going to go to Arizona for Christmas this year and celebrate Christmas there as a family. And Karen and I are really looking forward to this from December 28th to January 2nd. That will be our Christmas in Arizona. Now, because we're so looking forward to this, we're doing everything, Karen and I, we're doing everything we possibly can to make this happen. We've rented the place large enough for all the Minnesotans to stay comfortably for those five days that we're together. We're helping our two daughters who live in Minnesota and their families, we're helping them fly out to Arizona so that they can, can, can be there. We'll take care of all the food. 
while everybody is together. And any other expenses that may happen, we'll cover them because it means that much to us. We just want with all of our hearts to have our family together to celebrate the Savior's birth and just to celebrate being our family. Now I share this to begin to help us relate to what God is up to right now as he prepares for his family to come together on the last day for what I would maybe call a forever Christmas celebration once this world and this life has ended with Judgment Day. And he is doing everything he possibly can in our lives right now to get ready for that day so that his whole family will be there on that day because that's what he desires with all of his heart that his whole family be together when we begin to celebrate that forever Christmas. We get a glimpse in today's New Testament lesson of what exactly God is doing in our lives toward that goal, how he's working in our lives with his grace. And I, I just hope we appreciate from this how truly amazing the grace of God is and what blessed assurance his grace in our lives gives us as we head toward that day that we know is coming, Judgment Day, when we will stand before the Lord, give an accounting of our lives to him. Listen again to Paul's words. See if you can mark out all that God is doing in your life now, all he has done in your life and all he will keep doing in your life until that day when as our Heavenly Father he's got all his family together to the full joy of his heart. From Corinthians, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. There's what he's been doing. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift, as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. Did you catch all that God has done, all that he is doing, and all that he will do in your life so that you will be there for this great family gathering of that forever Christmas? You know, we're going to look at all the things God's doing in our lives in a few moments. But first, we need to look at the people that Paul wrote to, this letter to the Corinthians, and, and understand something about them and an understanding about them. Come to, a, I think, I hope, a, a, an even deeper appreciation of God's amazing grace and how, how amazing that grace is and, and what blessed assurance we have 
because his grace is so amazing. So Paul is writing this letter to the church at Corinth. And you might think from the opening words of this letter that everything is really going very well at that church and that those Christians there are doing a marvelous job of living out their faith in the Lord Jesus. But if we were to have that impression, that assumption, it would be way off the mark. Not everything is okay in Corinth. In many, many ways, they are failing to take this amazing grace of God that God is daily giving them. They're failing to take that grace and live out their lives in faith. And so Paul is writing, he is writing to confront them with their sins. What were some of their sins? Well, they were arguing among themselves as to who was the better Christian based on who had baptized them. They were suing each other and taking each other to court. There was a, a case of gross sexual immorality present in their midst which they knew about and which they were choosing to ignore and ignoring it, they were condoning it. They had no respect for the gift of the Lord's Supper. Coming together instead for that meal and becoming intoxicated with the wine. So much so were things wrong there that well, these words, I think, from, of Paul that we find in what we call chapter 4 paint a picture that would otherwise take a thousand words as to what was going on in the Corinthian congregation. Paul says, what do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a whip or in love and with a gentle spirit? Had to be pretty bad if he's saying, do I need to come to you or like Karen used to say to our kids, don't make me get the spoon. Yeah. Now, here's why I share this about the Corinthians and their soap opera style lives. It's to make the point of how amazing God's grace is. It's to serve as a living testimony as to how unconditional this God is in his love for sinners. Because even knowing what he knows about them, Paul begins with the assurance of God's grace. Before confronting them with their sins, he wants to assure them that God's love and God's grace are unconditional. Listen again as to how Paul starts the letter. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I have to tell you, when I came to discipline our kids, I never started out by saying grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is how God starts out. Now think of it in this way, and, and pardon me for, I know I refer to this part of the Bible, quite often, the parable of the prodigal son. But just bear with me and, and think of the people of Corinth as being the prodigal son. Okay? 
and thinking of the Father in that parable as being God, which he is in reality, okay? Now, that father knew all about what his son had been up to. And yet, that father's love for his son is not deterred by what he knows about him. His love for his son is unconditional. And so he goes out and he welcomes him and he loves him as much as he can possibly love him. Because the point of the story is just exactly that. God's love for sinners is unconditional. Jesus welcomed sinners and ate with them. And he welcomes us too. God wants us to have that assurance. You know, maybe our sins have been different than those of the prodigal son. And maybe our sins are different than those that were going on amongst the Christians in Corinth. But this much is the same. Like them, we have been and we are sinners who do not deserve to be loved by God or to receive anything from him. And, and left on our own, there's absolutely no way that any of us would be ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ on Judgment Day. And yet, even now, and all the way up until the moment his son returns, God is working in our lives and will be working in our lives with his grace to make sure that when his son returns, we will be there as members of his family for that gathering of his family to spend the rest of all eternity with him. Because, you see, his grace is that amazing. And he wants us not to live in fear, but he wants us to live with a quiet confidence with that blessed assurance of what he's doing to make that all happen. Look again at all the assurances Paul gives to us. He begins by extending God's grace and peace to his readers, which as God's inspired word still lives and applies to us today. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then Paul goes on to give them the assurance that God's grace has been active and effective in their lives, bringing them to faith in Jesus and keeping them in that faith. And again, because these words are inspired by the Spirit, they are still alive and well and apply to us today. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Paul's just simply saying, I know you're believers. We testified to you about Jesus, and I know that that testimony has brought you to faith. I know that's in you. 
Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. And then Paul finishes this amazing list of all that God's grace is doing in our lives and giving to us by giving them this assurance. And he gives you this assurance now. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. I don't know about you, but I know for me, as each day goes by and I realize I have less of them to live, and that day when I will meet my Maker is getting closer, I wonder about that day. Because I know me. And I'm scared about that day. Because I know me. God doesn't want me to live in fear. God doesn't want me to live being afraid of that moment. He wants to give me a quiet confidence, a blessed assurance. And he wants to give you that too, as well. God is never going to quit on us, is he? until he has all believers safely home with him in eternity forever. And that includes you, and it includes me. You have his amazing grace in Jesus, and it's meant to give you a blessed assurance. And our response to all this I think it comes down to this. Rather than living in fear, living with doubt, living with questions, rather than living that way that we live instead with faith and a strong confidence in what God is doing. He wants us to be free to use all those spiritual gifts that he has given us to live our lives out in faith in him, to look something like this, what Paul described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that we would be patient, that we would be kind, that we would not envy, that we would not be proud, nor would we be rude. We would not be self-seeking. We wouldn't be easily angered. We wouldn't keep a record of wrongs. We wouldn't delight in evil, but instead rejoice in the truth, and that we would always trust and always persevere. He wants that amazing grace that he's given us to produce that kind of fruit in our lives without fear of the last day, to live in that quiet confidence, to live as people of faith. That's what our Heavenly Father desires for our, our lives to look like. And, and to that end, today is yet another day of his amazing grace in Christ Jesus. Through his Spirit, 
He's going to give you and me all of the grace that we need to enable us to live out lives of faith until he comes to take us home. I capitalized the word is in the heading. I don't know if you saw that. I think in texting that means you're shouting it, right? <laughs> Emphasizing it. His grace is truly amazing. And that's our blessed assurance. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.